Beautiful Not Broken, your weekly inspirational hit of solid advice and life stories coming to you to help you rebuild from rock bottom. Hi everybody, thanks for joining me for another episode of Beautiful Not Broken where you are remembering that you are damn beautiful and you've got this, it's just a shitty life phase. Like I know I say that in the intro or like something similar and then say it again, but that's because you need to remember like this is, if this is your rock bottom, this is your opportunity to rebuild your life. Like honestly, I cannot tell you how much beauty is in this struggle and how much you will learn about yourself in this place that you're in. So that's my kickoff message for you today. I hope that was a little bit of inspo and you're feeling pumped and energetic and ready to take on life because today's topic is about building your tribe. Like I know everyone talks about tribe. What a cute word, right? Like I hate using it. (laughs) Is it cliche? Like I know I did the episode on cliches, right? Like is that a cliche? I don't know. But let me say, I think... As you know, this podcast is about my life advice to you based on what I have done right and what I've done wrong. And let me tell you, there's more wrongs than right, which is why I feel so ready to give this advice to the world and why I think it's so important that I'm doing what I'm doing. Because let me tell you, I, so as you know, when I've always had friends, right? Like I've always been a very social person. I've always been like, the center of groups and like people have always kind of gravitated towards me. And I guess I have that really outgoing personality. I'm an extrovert. I've never had an issue opening up, talking to people like at the level that I'm comfortable with because we know that I'm avoidant, but we, I've never had an issue creating friendships. I've never had an issue reaching out to people. I, I can get quite shy in situations where I'm completely new. Um, these days a lot less, obviously being in business, there's no room to be shy. I think, there's a lot of introverts and things in business, don't get me wrong. And, you know, there is a place where we actually could be shy, but we just have to get over it because our business needs us to. So we do what we need to do when we need to do it, right? Now, if you're going through something pretty shit, which I'm guessing that you either have and you're kind of listening to this going, oh my God, I remember those stages so well, Beck, you are talking my talk, or you're going through it right now and you were deep in the middle of it thinking, fuck, will this end ever end? Like, will my life ever be normal again? Well, what, A, what's normal? Like, let's not even go into that because your life probably wasn't that normal before. It was just comfortable. So this is probably the challenge that maybe you needed to shake shit up, which, you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Beck. I hear it. I hear you. Um, so today's topic about building a tribe is about you can't go through these things in life alone. You can try to isolate yourself like I did. I did a great job of it. Hey, like I, because I was avoidant, obviously I did a really great job of making sure no one could support me. (laughs) Trying to, like people did. They like literally fought through me. Um, A lot of my friends, oh, they're they're amazing when my dad passed away. They're amazing. They're at my house that afternoon, which was pretty full on to be honest, because I was like fucking so overwhelmed. I cannot... The interesting thing when someone dies is, and no one really talks about this, it's like time stands still. Like you're, And I did an Instagram post around this and I think it resonated with a lot of people. And this was actually what I said to my ex when his dad died. I was like, no one tells you when someone dies that time just stands still. 
and you become quite angry at those around you and they're like you don't even mean to be angry at them but their lives are continuing on like they're not left with this void like they're not left in this space of well what the fuck now like they don't have that they're moving forward with their lives they're going to, to soccer they're going to footy they're going to you know they're going out they're doing shit they're going to boot camps they're whatever it is their life is they're doing that they're not stopped and paused like you are but your life is like on hold it's not you're still moving but you're not really aware of your movements and you're kind of just trying to plan a funeral and trying to tick all these boxes that says that are things that they they tell you you have to tick when someone dies and it's like oh fuck and then you're fighting with your family and then you're reminiscing with your family and then you're having dinners with everyone and people are delivering you flowers which by the way I'm not a big deliverer of flowers. When my ex's um, father passed away, we sent him like this awesome fruit hamper. And that's what I'm about. Like give people practical gifts. Flowers are great. But you know, if someone dies of a specific type of cancer, why not tell people to like donate to funds that are like helping that cancer, right? Like, please, like the flowers are great. And your house becomes like a miniature florist. Sucked for me because I'm allergic to flowers. <laughs> I was sneezing up a storm. I was like, are you guys trying to kill me too? Like, my family is very, we have got this amazing ability to laugh at bad situations. And I love that because I think laughter is legitimately the best medicine. I don't doubt that. I believe it. I'm in my soul. I know that if you can laugh about something, it's going to be okay. And I think that, look, there's a place I had avoidant humor for a long time. I talk about my avoidance a lot because it was really there. Um, but I have coping humor and all my friends know that. They know that I, if I'm going through a really shit time, I'm going to be cracking jokes, right? When, oh my God, side note, because we're doing this, right? I know this right now. I'm supposed to be talking to you about building a tribe, but I'm going to tell you about me in planes. I'm like not terrified of flying anymore. I've actually realized flying is great because it's the only time in your life you literally have no one to answer to and nothing to do. So you can read and be cool with it. No one's interrupting you. And so when the plane is coming down in turbulence, <laughs> which like I've not been in a plane crash, I shouldn't say that, but like I would, you know, we'd flying into Melbourne is a perfect example because half the time there's a bloody crosswind, like 50 k's an hour. I don't know if you've ever flown into Melbourne and had that. I've had it several times. Every single time I'm the one that's, Everyone around is like looking nervous and I'm there nervously laughing really loud to the point where everyone around me is looking at me because they're like, why is this chick laughing? I was like, I'm laughing because I'm shit scared right now, guys. Like, anyway, so that's how I cope with things. I'm a laugher. I'm a joker. I crack jokes about myself and my own life all the time. It's just how I cope. And it can be quite confronting for people because they don't know whether to laugh with me because they're like, oh, shit, that was pretty dark. Did we laugh? But I get dark and I love dark humor. So yeah, me and my family are definitely a dark humor kind of family. We have good jokes about things like that. And there was a lot actually after my dad passed. So back to building a tribe. You can't do this alone. And yeah, people, people are going to send you flowers. That's great. People are going to connect with you. And then they suddenly disappear. Especially when someone dies. Like they, I think because it's, they're dead, right? So there's like, there's that week of like, you know, you're off work and you've, because well, we, we to spoke about this, like the two-day bereavement leave. What a joke. Um, so you've taken the rest, sick, annual, whatever it is, and you're taking that week off and then you get back to work and people kind of, 
I know you're probably not 100% they're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we are not a culture of grief, grieving people. I, I, we're not a culture that knows how to grieve is what I'm trying to say there. We are a culture that knows how to avoid the shit out of hard conversations. We're a culture that knows um, to try and comfort people in really bizarre ways. We're a culture that you, we don't have this like, like celebration of life when someone dies. We dress up in black and show up and mourn and feel sad. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like death is sad, 100%. But there's also, there, for me, I'm like, death should be a celebration of their life. That's truly, I want, you know, and then a lot of people, like my sister, for example, she's very, she hates wakes. She's like, people just get pissed. She's like, that's not what it's about. So she is very probably traditional in the way of that. I don't know, I've not actually asked her. So I don't know if she feels that that's just not the way to celebrate. For, but for me, if I died, I would want people to just like get on it and have a mad party. I want it to be bigger than my wedding, my second wedding. <laughs> Or my divorce. See what I mean? Like I've cracked jokes about stuff that like people are like, wow, Beck. Um, or my divorce party, right? Because that shit is going to be lit. Probably won't fit back into my wedding dress. But build a tribe. So you got to have these people around you supporting you because, and with death, it's very difficult because people kind of forget what you've gone through quite quickly because the person's dead. So it's not like it's this ongoing thing. It's like, okay, well, cool. That's happened now. Like move on with life. And people around you, yeah, they have their own shit going on and they're not going to stay in that mourning phase with you because they're not, they don't understand your pain. They didn't understand your connection with that person. And so they're not going to be there for you on that level unless you kind of ask for it. Like you, you need to kind of respect them and, and ask them if they can, if they can hold space for you. And, and if you can kind of say to them, Hey, I'm not coping. But it's about internally knowing, especially when someone passes, because people might check in with us. Um, you know, I checked in with my ex long after his dad passed um, to make sure he was okay because I didn't know if anyone else was. Um, and, and I know personally that, especially with the death of a parent, it doesn't just, and even a friend, right? Like you think about it lasts with you for life. You know, like I still had so much sadness and trauma that I held on to from the death of my girlfriend when I was 13. And I didn't even realize I was actually holding on to more from that than I was actually from my own father's death, probably because I had done some work on my dad's death, but I'd never really told anyone about the death of my friend. And I definitely never worked through it. And the sadness that I held on that was a lot deeper and traumatic than the stuff that was fresh with my dad purely because I had worked on that stuff. So we need to know that we have to kind of ask for that support because people that haven't been through it or people, people get on with their own lives and they just forget. It's not that they don't love you and it's not that they don't understand that maybe you're not yourself or maybe you are in pain. And the other thing is a lot of people feel awkward because they don't actually know how to communicate with you. Uh, and I want to do another episode a bit deeper on that and about, you know, why, you know, some people actually kind of ghost us in the hardest, most traumatic events of our lives. And it's actually got nothing to do with how much they care about you or how much they love you. It actually can be more about their response to it. And I'm going to go a lot deeper in that because I'm going to actually reference Lee Sales and, and some of the amazing work that she's done in that space um, and a book that she wrote that I highly recommend. But we're not going into that now because we're about building a tribe today. 
and making sure that you've got those right people around you in these traumatic events. The other thing I really want to hit home about this is some of that is paid help. You cannot go through the grief process alone and you cannot expect your best friend to be a grief counsellor. They don't know how to deal with it. Even me, even though I have been through grief and I have been through a lot of grief and I've been through a lot of death, I've been through a lot of you know other forms of grief, I am not a grief counsellor. I can tell you how I did it and I can tell you what I did wrong and I can tell you what I did right and I can tell you all these great things, but I'm not a grief counsellor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. These people are trained in helping you genuinely release the trauma and work through it. Because let me tell you, it is there. Even if you're trying to avoid it, that trauma is deep in you and it's going to come out sooner or later and constantly rehashing the death of that person and constantly seeing it as this negative impact on your life and your life not being as full because they're not there, that's not going to serve you long term. It's going to really hold you back and I want you to celebrate their life. I want you to live in celebration of who they were and celebrate your life, honouring the fact that that's what they would have wanted. No one wants you to suffer because they're dead. That's just not... And sitting in that suffering cycle, it's fine for a while to pity ourselves and it's fine for a while to sit in victim mode and be like, why did this happen? have to happen to me? That's okay. You need to deal with things the way that you need to deal with them. But if you find yourself there, deeply lost down that rabbit hole, months after and you can't pull yourself out of it, that's when you need to seek help. And I would argue you need to see, seek help a lot sooner than that before you actually get there. I wish someone had told me this when my dad passed. I wish I had known the impact it actually was going to have on my life and that the impact it was having without me even realising it. You might think you're fine. You might go on through going, yeah, look, I'm just, I'm okay. Like, you know, he had cancer for three years. Like, he's passed. But let me tell you, you're doing things that show everyone else you're not fine. And they can't, they can't, work on that for you. You need to work on that for you. You need to do the work. You need to find that tribe. You need to build that community that's going to help you move forward with your life and not get stuck in this place. Now, the most interesting thing is for me, obviously when my dad passed, I tried to, yeah, I was convinced I was alone. And I still sometimes say now, oh yeah, I dealt with that on my own. That's bullshit. I didn't deal with it on my own. I had some really great friends around me. I had some really great friends that kind of disappeared at pivotal moments, to be honest. Um, and I probably never let that go. And I should have because it, once again, I think it was just a reflection on the fact they couldn't deal or they didn't know how to deal with me. God, we were 21. All my friends were under 30. No one had really been through anything like that. One of my friends had been. Um, but she didn't come to me with kind of like her process of how she went through it. I think because it was still too raw for her and she wasn't, in a position like I am now to deliver this kind of, you know, this kind of wisdom to other people. She was not there yet herself because she hadn't healed. And I think we can't, we can't give lessons that we've learned until we're healed from them and until we've done the work ourselves. So for me, I was, I did feel pretty lonely. I felt incredibly lonely. I felt angry at the world, as you know. But with my divorce... I felt nothing but support. 
I've had people come out of the woodwork and support the shit out of me and tell me how much of a beautiful person I am and how much they love me and how much I'm worth. And they didn't have to do any of that. I have had the most amazing people enter my life through this process. And I think it's because I was receptive to it and I was honest with people that I wasn't coping. And I think that honesty piece about, yeah, you know what? This is really shit. I loved this guy. I wanted to spend my life with him and he threw that on its head. And I've had to learn that I played a part in that. And I've had to deal with some really horrible truths that came my way about what had been happening that I had no idea about. Like, well, that's not why I knew. I just chose to ignore it, right? I was very good at that in life. (laughs) So this divorce process, when I have a relapse, like yesterday morning, and I cried for two hours about it, just, it wasn't because I was crying because I'm upset that, you know, he's not in my life or any of those things. It's just the the shock, the sheer shock that I had to go through this and, you know, that my life plan was different and like it it still happens like there's no end to when it stops being raw like it's still you know it's still it's not that I haven't processed it or healed it's just that it's still there it's still actively part of my life and I knew straight away I knew exactly who to message to get the I literally started the message with hey are you happy to give me the the loving bitch slap that I need this morning to get on and make sure that I show up for my business today, that I show up for myself, that I show up for the world because I need it this morning. I'm being really down on myself and I'm being really hard on myself. And I firstly, of course, ask permission because I need to know that those people are in the right headspace to say, yeah, Beck, and give me what I need to hear. I need to be able to, the thing is also I've had to receive like a lot of people just saying stuff to me like Becky just doesn't want to be with you like you just need to get like you need to know that and it's really hard to hear these hard truths but they're your good friends the ones that they support the shit out of you they love the shit out of you but they're not afraid to have those hard chats with you about the truth they're not rude about it they're not rude that's the difference right they're not they're not horrible in their delivery they're not trying to hurt you they're just trying to make you see that you're worth more and that you shouldn't actually be tolerating poor behavior or that, you know, it's just not the right path for you. They don't deliver it in a nasty way or in a way that doesn't make you feel completely like you're getting a bear hug at the same time. And that's the difference between, you know, I guess, helpful criticism and helpful, helpful feedback as opposed to just rude and being like, just get, get over it, which I had a friend say to me, one of my closest friends actually, And, you know, it was really interesting this time. Like I've had people that I would not have expected reach out to me every day, call me every other day, try and catch up with me every weekend, be supportive as shit. And then the people that I thought would support the shit out of me disappeared. (laughs) They, They literally didn't want to be there for me. And I was like, wow. You know, and it, it, I'm actually perfectly fine with it because at the end of the day, we're just at different phases of life, right? And it's, they don't have to support me and that's fine. I, I respect them for that. They just didn't want to get involved in the journey because I did need a lot of love and support and that's fine. I don't hold that against them at all. That's their life choice and I like good on them. They're setting a boundary 
But the people that have supported the shit out of me, I've tried not to take too much from them and I will always remember what they've done for me. And I will always try and do the same back for them. But I always try not to take too much of them and not download too much on them, which I do still sometimes. But that's the thing. The interesting thing about trauma and going through something in life, like, you know, anything that really is life-changing, those massive moments where you know the universe is shifting for you, you really do realise who's got your back and who's in your, your, who's in your corner. And those people are often not the people that you expect. And you realise, like, you, your network's, naturally start to change because your thought patterns are never going to be the same again and where you're at in life is never going to be the same again and it's okay you never ever should you know I for me it's like we've just we're just not on the same life path anymore there's nothing there's no anger there for me there's no hate I don't have time for anger and hate I'm going to do another episode on that I think they're just wasteful emotion but it's just I love you and I respect that we're not at the same point of our lives anymore I mean, there's a few people that I guess really cut from my life in big ways themselves. And I was like, okay, cool. Just going to respect it. You got it. Cause I see it. You can't take it personally. And you got to remember, it's just not right for you then anymore. That's what the same with the breakup. Breaking up with a friend is the exact same process. It's just not right for you anymore. So the other thing to be really mindful of with your friends, they're there for you. They love you. But don't take advantage of that. If you need professional help, you need professional help. Your friends are not therapists. Your friends are not trained. Your friends love the shit out of you. They're there for you. Your family loves the shit out of you. But let me tell you, if you're going through any kind of grief, you need professional help. I've been there. I'm telling you from personal experience, you cannot do this on your own. So don't try to. That's the biggest tip I can give to you when it comes to building a new tribe. When you're going through these things, don't do it alone. Don't try to do it alone. Be very, very open and honest about how you're feeling and be open to feedback about the situation. Don't get upset with what people say to you because at the end of the day, people's responses are about them. It's not about you. So there are things that we need to keep in mind and please always respect the fact that your friends are not trained professionals. And you shouldn't treat them like they are because the words that you say to them are going to impact their life too. So if you come to them saying, I just can't live anymore, I can't, you know, I just can't go on, you know, by all means, please alert someone if that's how you're feeling. Um, You know, there's Lifeline as well, which I highly recommend if you're in that place, like you need to know um, the right people to contact, especially if, you know, you're feeling like, it's more than rock bottom. It's, you know, if you're in those really dark places, which trust me, I've been there and I've called Lifeline time and time again to help me out of those dark places. They are trained. They know how to help you through these times. So remember that your friends are not trained professionals and they are always going to be there for you. They love you, same with your family. But if you need that trained professional help, then you need to seek that trained professional help. So I hope today's episode has been helpful for you and not harmful. I hope that, you know, it hasn't gone too deep there at the end, but we did go pretty deep. Let's bring it back up and be a bit light again. Your friends love the shit out of you. They're going to joke with you. They're going to make you feel better. 
It is just a period of your life. And trust me, your friendships will be so much stronger for going through this together. And, you know, you're going to create bonds that will last for life because you know that you've been through this absolute shit period and they were there for you and they loved the shit out of you and you're going to do the same for them. And there's nothing that beats that. So build your tribe, rely on your family if you can, rely on your friends, but remember they're not trained professionals and always ask them if they're there and ready to listen in if they can, if they have their own capacity. Because remember, we all have our own shit going on in the background too. And that's why they're not always going to be stressing about the same things you're stressing about because your issues are unfortunately just in your head. They're with you. They're not in your friends. Like they're probably thinking about you, worrying about you, but it's still, they're living their own life too, right? As always, you know where you can find me, Beck underscore Chapel on Insta and Chapel Beck on Facebook. I hope you connect with me and I hope this episode has helped you and I hope that you are busy building the life that you want to because you can. You can always choose to do that. Have a great week.